Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. So do. do you want to tell us a little bit about your topic? Yes. So my article is about activity trackers, like Fitbits and those types of things. Ooh. Um, and it's about having a workplace activity tracker and coaching interventions and whether that can help improve physical health of employees and if it can help reduce burnout. Ooh, Spoiler alert. Fun. It's not Ooh. as positive as you think it would be. Dun, dun, dun. It doesn't help as much as you would want it to. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> well, good, because I, I actually don't wear an activity tracker, so I don't want it to. <laughs> well, it helps with it helps make people move. Uh, yeah, no, you know, that's true. But it doesn't actually reduce turnover or turnover, burnout, burnout, burnout. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually impact burnout in, the, in a real way. So I'll that talk about it more. But yeah. I think it kind of echoes a point that we make a lot around how, you know, having these kind of fun, buzzy things to try to improve workplace wellness isn't always the best approach. Like, you know, having autonomy, having flexibility, having good managers and good coworkers and a good culture are usually more important. So, yes, I agree. Yeah. We're always like, there's always like weird things that are like buzzy happening in the world and like you know if it brings you joy and all you expect from it is joy then do what you wish but if you expect a like an outcome or an impact or like a return then you need to make a better investment especially if you're a business like if you're a person hey you know you you want to put crystals all over your desk have some crystals you know that's fine you want a salt lamp go for it. But like, it's not going to make you do better. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I think like it's in the same realm of like, it's almost like, you know, guilty until proven innocent kind of when it comes to these like fatty things. Agreed. I totally agree. And so I was like debating whether or not to talk about this article because I was like, well, like it doesn't actually give us tips in terms of reducing burnout and improving workplace wellness. But then I was like, well, but it kind of tells you like what not to count on. So that's also mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. Yeah. Love it. Love it. But before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that when this episode airs, Allie, our producer, will be about to have a baby or have just had had a baby so yay congrats to Allie and um (laughs) so but we've been recording all of these in advance in a batch process so if we're talking about things that are no longer relevant in our casual conversation like we're currently in quarantine right now um (laughs) maybe that is happening maybe that's not at this point um I think it probably is for for all of us at least for me and Katina but we'll see I don't know you tell us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're waiting. <laughs> tell us. <laughs> We're waiting back in April and being yeah. very concerned as to how long we have to be here. <laughs> Yell very loud and maybe we'll hear you in the past. <laughs> um, no, but um, that will be nice if the people listening to us are no longer in quarantine. I feel like that will be so happy for everyone involved. Yeah, maybe you're listening on your commute again. What? Oh my God. And probably like <laughs> people are going to be so much more grateful for like things they used to hate. 
Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. This is going to be launching at the very end of May. So I'm guessing that most people are still probably in their homes. Um, yeah, besides our fabulous essential workers out there. But we'll see. That is true. You are correct about that. Maybe people won't ever appreciate that. I actually, though, yesterday I drove to our new house. And was that yesterday? Yeah, that was just right. And um, I drove to our new house and... Just like being in the car and driving somewhere felt very exciting to me. Mm, it is exciting. I'm with you. Like just taking yeah. even a few minutes just to do a little drive is kind of nice. Like, oh, I'm out in the world, even though I'm not supposed to be. Ooh, dangerous, but yeah, not actually dangerous because I'm in my car alone. In my own car. <laughs> I know. I felt really good about it. I was like, wow, this is like glorious. I was like, well, it was so beautiful here yesterday, too, for a little while. Mm-hmm. It got like kind of crud um, in the nighttime. But during the day, it was a glorious day. And I was just like, windows and the music. And I was like, la. And I felt really happy with everything. And then um, I was thinking, like, you know, eventually, maybe, like, getting in the car and driving to a location and, like, getting out of your house and being able to, like, arrive at a location and, like, be present there will actually be, like, an exciting thing. I think it will be. Yeah, it's true. One day it will happen for us. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I would like that. But of course, we both know that we need to do the right thing for the health of the humanity. Oh, yes. It is always a good thing to be freed from captivity. (laughs) Yeah, we can just look forward (laughs) to that day. That day is there. We know we have to do what we have to do now. But one day we will be able to do what we want to outside. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, yeah, so that's good. Um, how are you doing? What's going on? Um, how is Nittany? It was Nittany's birthday. It was Nittany's birthday. Um, she was very excited about her birthday. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, right now, she is literally leaning. She's sleeping in a bed that I have for her on like um, a windowsill. Yeah. And she is sleeping in such a way that her head is hanging out of the bed and squished into the window. So she doesn't seem very comfortable right now, but is managing to be asleep. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But her uh, her birthday was good. She got some fun. Uh, she got like a little toy and then we gave her like a different food. So, <laughs> oh. so she got like a fancy food for dinner. Wow. So I know. Spoiled kitty cat. <laughs> Can cats do that? Like with dogs, they're like, you have to like take like 800 like preventative steps before your dog can eat a new food it's like insanity so with her dry food i have to slowly mix it before she can go to a new food um and but with with some of her like canned food it can be Mm -hmm. i'm it's she doesn't seem to get sick if i do it every once in a while it's like a little treat something different um Mm -hmm. so overall she's fine with that with dry food though it does have a big impact on her for whatever reason but yeah. she's kind of annoying because she actually doesn't let us do that slow transition. Um, she basically 
about a, every year, like once a year, she decides I'm done with this dry food. I never want to eat it again. Do not show it to me. And she just mm. ignores the food completely. She won't eat it. She just like Nitty. begs us for other stuff and she will, won't eat it. So then I'll buy a new food and I'll try to do like the slow transition of a little bit of that, a little bit of the new one. And she just doesn't eat the new one or the old one at all. She'll only eat the new pieces. Nitty, so then so it, rude. Yeah. So then it doesn't really work out. So she ends up getting sick from it. Um... And so usually it's like a week of awful and then she's fine. So I don't know. She's a little crazy. Well, we like by accident. Well, that's not true. I take back from <laughs> part of that sentence. Um, we get Donnie's food delivered from Chewy.com because none of the places near us have his food. Mm-hmm. And it's on like auto delivery. And for some reason, like their auto delivery was just like, like, I don't know. Like, I thought I spaced it out appropriately, but, like, for a while, we were just getting, like, bag of food, a bag of food, and we were like, okay, this is, like, enough. So I stopped the auto delivery, but then the problem was I never started it again. And so oh. then we started running out of food, and Brendan was like, oh, Donnie's almost out of food. And I was like, oh, no. And so we had, like, a tiny bag of food that we could give him in the meantime. So I ordered from Chewy. And in the meantime, for, like, a week, we gave him this other food. And he, like, ate it, but, like, so begrudgingly. He was like, ugh, like – he would, like, get up in the morning and, like, look at it and be like, no. And then, like, <laughs> later he would, like, go back. And then the first day, so then, like, finally his food came in, but we, like, used up the whole bag. So I guess it was, like, two and a half weeks or something we were giving him the other food just, like, to not waste it. And then when we finally switched over his food, he heard it. He heard Brendan pour it in his bowl from upstairs. And I guess the sound of it is different than the sound of the food he doesn't like. He heard the food and he, like became alert and he like <laughs> ran down the steps and he ate it. Like Brendan was like finishing putting it in and he started eating it right away. We were like, wow, I guess you like, I feel bad that we've been feeding this other food because frankly, you're like so excited right now. It's like almost sad. That's um, really funny. So yeah. he likes the same thing all the time. Yes. And he like knew the sound. He was like, that's not the food I don't like. That's really, yeah. That's really cute. That's really cute. That's funny. Well, <laughs> at least you can be boy. consistent. For me, it's like it usually takes a couple weeks for me to realize that she's just in her like protest phase of a food. Yeah. Yes. And then it's like a whole thing where I'm like, well, maybe she'll get over her protest and then she doesn't. And she doesn't. No. Yeah. It's a me. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Apparently Donnie's a... Donnie's more routine-based. She's a spoiled brat. So there you go. <laughs> there we go. That's all we have to say about that. Um, and we're on, done. On that note, how about fitness trackers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So this study, um, pretty simple study. Well, I wouldn't say simple study at all because of the way the methodology, but the results are simple. Um, so this study was published in the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology um, it was written by Lenifer, Looper, Wiederman, Hess, and Hopi um, in 2020. So it's very new. Fresh off the press is actually published this month. So I'm recording this in April. Um, and it is called Improving Employees' Work-Related Well-Being and Physical Health Through a Technology-Based Physical Activity Intervention, a Randomized Intervention Control Group Study. So what they did is they took um, – this is – took place in Germany and they took employees um, from a company there and they basically just posted posters everywhere asking people um, with with, that had sedentary jobs so that were considered like at risk for not having enough physical activity to sign up for this study if they wanted to do it and what they did is they did it two groups so one group got the intervention right away the other group got it a little bit later um 
so they can compare the two groups. Unfortunately, they couldn't, they had to give the other group a study or the intervention pretty soon after. So mm-hmm. you don't get their data for as long of a period of time, but they looked at the group that took the class initially or took the intervention for up to a year. So they had a lot of data on these people. Hmm. Um, so what they did is they gave for the intervention, they gave these employees a activity tracker. So it's like, they said the type, it's like a Garmin Vivo Fit 3, whatever that is. Um, mm. so they My gave them favorite. This- <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I don't know. My activity trackers didn't know what that one was, but that's what they got. <laughs> um, they got the tracker and then they also were given an online coach, which is basically, um, it was an online website where they could go and they can get some advice. Um, they had like goal setting tools in there. They had each week, they got like different content. Um, they had a step challenge one week and it was three weeks of having this tracker and then having this online coach. Okay. Um, they were able to keep the tracker after the three weeks. They didn't like take it away from them, but they <laughs> had during this intervention, they had that coaching in addition to it. Cool. Um, yeah. So that was pretty cool. That is um, cool. I thought that was interesting and they did talk about how like, you know, we do see overall that in other studies that employees that are physically active generally see less burnout. Um, So that's uh, over multiple studies over time. That's what they've seen. And so that's why they wanted to test this tracker, this type of intervention, if that can help with burnout. Unfortunately, this study did not find the same things, Mm -hmm. but... But they looked over a longer period of time. And a lot of the other studies were just basically looking at, are you a physically active person? And are you not a physically active person? Which one is burning out more? So if you're generally a physically active person, other research has shown you tend to be better off. Gotcha. Okay. So does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So there is a, a main effect kind of of moving. Like it makes you move more if you're generally not used to moving as much. Yes. So in this okay. study, what they find is exactly that. So if I am a person that got through this intervention, then I'm going to have increased physical activity. Um, a year after this intervention, 74% of people were still using the activity tracker. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So people were really using it a lot. Um, they saw, they measured from health, from a physical health perspective, they measured BMI. Um, so for people that are not familiar that is a body mass index it's basically an equation that takes weight and height into a into account it's not ideal in a lot of ways but it's just a it's a marker that can look at weight which can be related to a lot of potential comorbidities um so they looked at bmi and they looked at general health perceptions so Mm -hmm. that's basically i am asked whether or not i feel like i'm healthy like do i think i'm healthy Um, so that's a more subjective approach, but like, you know, if I feel like I'm pretty healthy, that's interesting to know. Right. And what they found is that over the whole year, so they looked at if I did the intervention, they look right after the intervention. So after those three weeks, how did I feel? Mm -hmm. They look one month after that. Then they look three months after that. And then one year after that. Okay. So I felt healthier right after the intervention, right after that first month after that three months, but after a year, I kind of went back to feeling the same way I felt before. Gotcha. So you're that, and that's not because of, because you said people were still using the trackers later. Is that Mm -hmm. 
just of the impact of what had happened before? Or was that because people kind of stopped using the tracker? Well, most people were still using the tracker, so it wasn't clear as to whether mm-hmm. or not um, that was related to how healthy they perceived themselves. I think okay, it might gotcha. just be kind of like a... Honestly, I think it's a proximal effect where like I just started working out. So now I feel really healthy. And then eventually mm-hmm. that my feelings about that wear down, like, and I yeah. go back to what I felt before. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so that's what they found. But BMI was reduced all the way through. Like, huh, so that's interesting. from like a weight perspective, people's weight generally went down um, okay. over that whole year. So in a physical activity sense, people are more active after this. They um feel better for some of the time like they, and they think their health is better and then their weight does generally go down so okay. physical health there actually are good results yeah so it seems like yeah it seems like there is an impact on the extent to which people are moving and exercising um potentially uh on these outcomes for physical health but then exactly for the workplace you mentioned the results don't look as good Yes. So when it comes to the two workplace metrics they looked at, so they looked at burnout, which we've talked about burnout a bajillion times, but basically it's chronic workplace stress. So it has to do with feelings of exhaustion, feeling disconnected from the work, feeling less effective at work, things like that. Um, Burnout's a super hot topic. I'm sure you all know what that means. They also looked at vigor and vigor Mm -hmm. is really around... um, having that high level of energy and resilience at work. So you're the question they asked for that is when I get up in the morning, I feel like I'm, I feel like going to work, like you're invigorated, you feel energized. Mm -hmm. So they thought that if you're more physically active and using these trackers that you would see reduced burnout and increased vigor. Okay. They did not find anything with vigor. So Mm. That using these trackers and the coaching with this intervention does not help people feel more energized at work. Hmm. And That's then interesting. for yeah, right. And then for burnout, they only found an impact one month after the intervention. So for that first month right after, people feel less burnt out. Hmm. But when they looked three months later, when they looked a year later, they were back to their normal levels. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so it seems to have uh, some kind of an immediate impact. Like you were saying, like maybe people are just excited to be like doing something different, but then it kind of wears off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so what I think is happening here, and, you know, I think there's more research to be done in this space, but I think it's a really interesting result because what I believe it's highlighting is we're putting in this physical activity. So now you're doing something that generally makes people feel better, right? We know that physical activity is related to, you know, more endorphins, feeling less depressed, all those good things, Mm -hmm. but it cannot just get rid of burnout. Like it can, when you first start it, you start to feel better, but then you probably get into a routine and now all the things that were causing you to burn out are still there. Like they don't go away. So if you have a crazy amount of work or if you're just really unhappy in your job and your manager is mean and whatever, all the different things that could impact your burnout that still exist. So just because you're working out doesn't mean that those things go away. So you're going to burn out still. That's, that's my theory. And I think we need to dig into that more in the research perspective. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not really addressing the primary cause of the burnout and the impact of it may not be enough. Like you mentioned, there were some positive impacts on physical exercise um, and 
BMI and things like that, but it may not be like so much of a resource regenerator that it overtakes the reason why you're actually feeling burnout. Exactly. And it would be interesting to see, you know, they didn't track like how much physical activity people were still doing at the earmark. So Mm -hmm. maybe some people that were, that continued it more would be able to, you know, there might be some more results for them. I don't know. We just don't know. Um, The sample's not huge. Whenever you're tracking for some data this long, it can take a lot of effort and to get enough people um, that's not always easy. So it's not, it wasn't a massive sample. So that probably created some barriers to be able to look at those things. Um, so in the future, I think it'd be really good to understand long-term would this work if you continued being more and more physically active over time. But I think another message is as an employer, this is not the reason, this is not going to help you reduce stress and burnout in your teams. Like Mm -hmm. you need to address the root problem. You do not do not put a band-aid do not give people activity trackers and be like go and walk woohoo um that's not gonna be the solution to all of your problems yeah that makes sense and I think sometimes people are looking for like you said like the trend or the easy fix or the thing that's gonna really like uh you know make people feel like oh this is a cool place because they gave me xyz or whatever but at the same time it's really important to recognize that the like we just saw the appeal of that wears off over time as does the benefit um and really what you should be doing is trying to address the stress source as opposed to trying to give people things to help cope with the stress sort of after the fact so i think that you know the idea here is well taken that like if you're an individual person like you know we said before if you're an individual and you really love, you know, wearing a fitness tracker and it helps you get more physical exercise and you feel the benefits of it from that perspective, like certainly go do it. But if you're an employer and you're thinking, wow, seems like everybody's super burnout around me. Maybe I'll just go buy a few thousand fitness trackers. That's probably not the way to get it going. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly the point. And so, like I said, I was deciding whether this article made sense. And I think it really does because I really want everyone out there to understand that burnout and workplace wellness and all the things that we talk about where we want to make people have these great work lives where they feel good about what they're doing at work. They feel good when they go home. Like there's, you know, a lot of happiness, just you're thriving in your work life. That can't happen without the underlying causes being addressed. That can't happen when a work environment is toxic. That can help happen when you have abusive supervisors. That can't happen when, um, you're working 70 hours a week. Like those things are just right. not going to happen for you. So we need to be as a society, like I'm getting on my soapbox right now, but as a society <laughs> and all these organizations that we have and companies that we have in our world today, we need to be addressing this, um, more head on and more directly about the causes and not putting band-aids on and not, you know, giving people, just giving people yoga classes and gym memberships and things like that, which are great. And I want you to continue to give those things, but it's not going to actually fix the problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like there's no uh, reason why you can't actually address the source. Like those things are all great for employees on top of having a great work environment. And of course, if you are an employee who doesn't have a lot of control over their work environment, you know, of course you might want to participate in some of those things on your own as a buffer, But to think as an employer who does have more control over these kinds of situations to actually change the scenario, it seems like that might actually be the better um, way of going about things. 
Exactly. Yep. So my takeaways are, if you want to move more, get a fitness tracker, have fun, but don't expect it to impact your overall burnout and stress levels and, you know, try to figure out how you can address some of the root causes um, or look for other things that might be more related to burnout than this fitness tracker approach. That sounds good. I like this article. I think it's really helpful because I think a lot of people don't know this information. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's really useful to get a good science-based approach on something that's pretty popular. Um, But also, you know, I think it's like a pause button, right? Like it's not Mm -hmm. to say that you're doing something bad for your team by giving them something like this that might be more of a fatty type thing, but rather to say, well, what problem are you trying to solve? Are you trying to help employees find an easier way to get some movement in their day? And you think that, you know, it would be a nice gesture and, you know, potentially down the line, you know, maybe there would be some people who, uh, you know, would continue keeping up with it and inspire them to do other things. Like, sure, maybe, whatever. But um, if you're really looking to decrease the actual problem that you're having, sometimes you must look within and not (laughs) externally for your answer and actually look at, okay, what is it about this organization or this job that is under our control and maybe we need to start there. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. (laughs) Well, I'm really happy that you picked this article because I think this is really useful for people to know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any questions, comments, feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I do wonder if this is in a slightly controversial take on activity trackers because we know lots of people love them. But good news, again, it doesn't mean that it's not going to help with your movement. It's just not going to help in all the workplace wellness realms that maybe we'd want it. We'd want it to. But reach out if you have any questions or thoughts. Um, You can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And you can also find us on social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. 